Welcome to the show, everybody. Our guest, Jitan Kandalia, is an inventor and an entrepreneur and the CEO of the Crypto Trading Academy for Excellence, as well as the healthcare company, Sensora. And Jitan is also one of my uh, very close friends. And and this, um, this was a very, very vulnerable podcast. Um, it might actually be my most vulnerable podcast um, I've ever done. Um, and what happened was at the beginning, um, before we were even going to start the podcast, I asked him how he was doing because he had been sick. Um, Jitan only has one liver. He, uh, gave his liver away. And so he, he can sometimes get very sick. And in this kind of random question, um, he shared and, and during it, I I got some of my triggers, some of my insecurities and my wounds came up from childhood in a way that they've never happened with JIT. Um, and it was extremely uncomfortable. And after he shared, you know, he, he I think he could sense something was up and he asked me like, hey, um, how are you doing? And I essentially had, at, at that point, two options. Um, option A would have been as most human beings do. And as even what I usually do is, um, you know, stuff the feelings away, move on, start the podcast. And, you know, as we all do. Right. And instead, um, I told him everything that had been coming up, um, some kind of dark feelings and frustration. And, and we just, and this whole podcast ended up being us exploring our friendship, us exploring our vulnerabilities. And I shared with him some of my recent life events of um, splitting apart from one of my closest friends and how that is kind of, not even kind of, how that is completely had me second guessing a lot of my friendships um, and realizing that my friendships are more uh, fragile than I once thought. And that vulnerability just sparked a beautiful conversation for an hour and a half of, you know, he shared some of his deepest things that he hasn't shared with anybody before. And, you know, he's a very successful man. As, as I said, um, he's a multimillionaire and yeah, he just, it was just very honest and vulnerable. And we talked about friendship. We talked about love. We talked about relationships. We talked about, spirituality we talked about the meaning of life we talked about what the fuck we're even doing in this life you know what it means to be a human being in our world because you know we pretend like it's easy but you know i feel like we're all so close to kind of falling apart sometimes you know especially when things are getting rough in our lives um and a lot of the time our friendships are very surface level um and a lot of time we're putting on facades to appear like the best version of ourselves. And we're afraid of really letting people know our shit. And this conversation was just all sharing of, you know, whatever's real. And it was just, yeah, it was very beautiful. Um, yeah, I think I, I think I did tear up actually at one point in this conversation, or at least I was very close to it a couple times. Um, but yeah, it was a very beautiful conversation.
Before we begin, I want to take a moment to thank our first sponsor of the show, Listening to Smile, and its founder and personal friend of mine, Ian Morris. Listening to Smile is one of the companies leading the movement to bring frequency-minded music to the mainstream. And for anyone who doesn't know, frequency-minded music is music that is infused with binaural beats and frequencies that enhance and speed up our body's natural healing mechanisms. And Ian's music is actively healing the world and is currently inspiring open-minded leaders in Silicon Valley to include his music in their products and to help them create a workplace culture that is focused on mental health and well-being. And I personally use Listening to Smile's products every single day to support me with stress relief and is my music of choice for my daily meditation practice. And Listening to Smile has two main programs. The first is their personal wellness program, and this is for personal use, and this consists of healing albums for stress relief, pain relief, and anxiety relief. And the second program is their affiliate program. This is what I'm currently part of, and this is for commercial use, and this is the exciting one. So what you get with this is two free starter albums and one brand new album every single month. You also get access to monthly live coaching events with founder Ian Morris and commission earnings on album sales, a 50% discount on all music purchases, and licensing licensing rights to use and resell LTS music for commercial use. So... If you're interested in transforming your life and entering the expanding frontier of frequency-minded music, be sure to go to www.listeningtosmile.com and experience it for yourself. And at checkout, make sure to use code ANTON to get 40% off all albums and $100 off of their affiliate program. So enjoy, everyone. I also want to take a moment to thank our second sponsor of the show, Vidara, and their My Indigo Sun magazine. The mission of My Indigo Sun is to help you live a healthy and inspired life and is dedicated to bringing you the latest and greatest information related to the realms of the body, mind, and spirit. And I actually met the founder, Katarina, um, at an event earlier this year. And within five minutes, it was very clear that we were aligned and that we were going to be doing a partnership. And like myself and many of you, the people of Vidara are dreamers who see that the beautiful world we see ahead of us starts with us. So in addition to being their in-house podcaster, I'm also part of the working group helping my Indigo son to transition into a world-class publication. So if you're interested in transforming your life and taking part in an evolving spiritual community, be sure to go to www.myindigosun.com and check out the magazine for free. And now on to our podcast with Jitan Kundalia. Yeah, before we get into it, man, like, um, yeah, how have you been doing um, lately with the health stuff and it's uh it's it's been it's been pretty tough you know um in all honesty i mean i think with flu and this and that going around and me being the kind of person that i get out and do things and do work with the community and yeah i help the local veterans out and you know you're getting around people who who are sick yeah and you're talking about someone like me who has a compromised immunity but then i always said to um my girlfriend and a lot of people that if i can't get out to do the things i'm meant to do then take me now (laughs) you know yeah you know know, but 
yeah, within caution, you know, you don't want to be stupid either. You know, I've just like, I've never had to think about a diet. Really? I've never really had to think about a dietary plan. Generally speaking, my rule of thumb as I was growing up was if I'm working out really hard, I'm like the DeLorean at the end of Back to the Future. We could feed it junk and it, <laughs> it just goes even, it, it can fly, right? Yeah. That's how I felt for the longest yeah. time, you know? And it worked. It works. I was always stronger and faster and I'd, I'd push my body to the limit where, you know, I was like, right, I felt like throwing up that time. I'm going to come back every day. So I'm going to do the same workout just as intensely. And I'm going to make sure I never want to throw up again. And I'd be like pushing myself, pushing myself because I was brought up with the notion, which is somewhat true if you look at life and industry is Indians can't do any kind of physical sport other than cricket. Mm. So it's like, no, 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 you can't do athletics. You can't do martial arts. You know, you know you're know, supposed to use your mind. And I'm like, what, I'm supposed to be some, should I shave my head and be Professor Xavier? You know, like, <laughs> you know, I'm supposed to fight with my mind. Um, so I never liked anyone saying, no, you can't do something. At the same time, being mindful of where we're at you know, I'm not going to reach for the top shelf of something knowing that I'm only five foot four. Yeah. I'm going to get a ladder. So the same comes with my health. Um, I do have one kidney. Yeah. And my immunity is somewhat compromised because of the HAI I got, the hospital associated infection. So, you know, and yeah, sometimes when I eat something, I push myself too far, like in terms of to exhaustion. Actually, you know, I could pick up a, a virus or something to really affect me, you mm. know, um, and it does knock me out for like 10 days. Actually, this is one of the first days I've been up and about in 10 days. Really? Um, you know, I wasn't even sure. I was just like, oh, am I going to make this thing with Anton? Uh. Uh, and I was like, you know what? No, I have faith. You know, like I'm going <laughs> to, it's going to be all right. And and then suddenly talk about like bowel movements, you know, when you're like, you, know, you literally your best friend, forget the teddy bear, you throw the teddy bear and the pill out of the way, you're hugging the porcelain, you know? Yeah. yeah that, now it's your best friend. You're so glad that someone came up with something called a toilet. <laughs> you know, yeah. You're so proud of yourself. It's like, wow, yeah, I'm so I'm so fortunate, you know. Um, but yeah, it, for me, it's very much um being clean eating. Mm. And in, in all honesty, the clarity of mind that I've had, uh. when I say clean eating, I don't mean like, I'm not going to, I'm not going out my way to make sure it's all organic and stuff. I do generally speaking the, the you know, the tomatoes and the carrots and whatever I buy for my soup because I make soup, mm. you know, is organic and there's like, you know, pesticide free and things like that. Yeah. And when, when you get to a point where you eat an apple Right. And just because they've got that glossy wax they put on it yeah. to make it look shiny in the supermarkets and you have an allergic reaction where your body just goes into an anaphylactic shock type thing. You're like sitting there going, wow, I really got to think about this. And you know, like I can't just wash an apple under the sink. You right. know, I've got to really scrub it. I've got to take the skin off. I've got to, uh. you know, think about all these. I can't just blend a smoothie. I can't just go to a store and assume that they didn't put any skin in that thing, you know. Hmm. and 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 so 
But once a week, I allow myself to go out to my favorite kebab or Indian yeah. or, you know, have a couple of pints down the road, you know, that kind of thing. Because, you know, I'm working towards something. I'm working towards what I now call a normal, balanced life. Mm. The past has just been like, oh, work hard, play hard. Yeah. You know? And you get to this point where it's like, well, I can't work hard and I can't play hard. Yeah. And the harder I work, the less I can play. It's like, you know, contrary. So now I am going back to the old age story of actually I have been given a very intelligent mind thanks to my parents and the education they put me through and the life decisions that I had made that I've got to exercise this, you know, I've got the scientist in me, I've got the analyst, the, you know, um, the poetry, the, you know, yeah. all of these things. So I can articulate what I need done quite well. And I don't have to use my physical brute strength or work eight hours in a day. I can work two very yeah. precise hours in a day yeah. and actually be done. And actually I'm achieving more by eating clean, by resting more and by, uh, you know, focusing my lens than I have done in years. I kind of think I look back on the years where I some brute force attack projects yeah. and I didn't matter how tired I was or whatever. And the damage is probably the impact it's had on me, um, you know, to push yourself to a point where you just, exhausted you're tired but you feel rewarded you feel great but you don't realize that exhaustion is almost past the point of no return yeah and it just happens to be that because you have a tenacious spirit yeah you're able to bring yourself back pretty quickly you mm. know um but at some point something's got to give so yeah, yeah. no I, i'm a uh, long answer to your question uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's um it's um it's it's a journey we're always learning it doesn't matter how old we are we're always learning because our, our systems and our bodies and our chemistries and our minds and our influences you know are, are constantly being challenged you know if you are fixed in a set way you might as well be in a coffin in the ground because you know we are we can't we can't just be fixed in a certain way i don't believe anymore you know i can say hey you know what i'm content i think con being content is a dangerous position to to be in you can have a moment where you're content where you're in front of a fireplace with your mulled wine with your christmas jumper on surrounded by the people you love but those people that you love that fire included are finite you know they within minutes to hours they're going to move on and you're still going to be thinking, Hey, I was content. What happened? You know, like the tectonic plates beneath us, the shift the planet is constantly evolving and shifting and we must shift with it. Um, you know, and it, one of my friends gave me the analogy of simply of the, the sun going, coming up and down, you know, the good thing is that you can continuously shift. But if you meet an expectation of that, I will rise at a certain time and I will go down to lay my head to rest at a certain time, that basic foundation of um, a habit 
can actually form quite a lot of trust in yourself and others in you, knowing that you will show up like the sun does in the morning. Imagine the sun just decided one day, I ain't going to turn up today, man. I'm going to take a break. Mm. Yeah. Ecologically, econo- uh, economically would be buggered, even for a day. Yeah. The, the scientific biological effects, the oz, um, you know um, ozone layer effects, and you think about the science behind it alone, destruction, just for a day. Don't talk for a day. So if you think about it, if you can't show up each day, you know, like the sun rises and goes down, then the only, only person, you're not only letting yourself down, you're letting down the people <clears throat> that believe that you are going to rise and, you know, lie down at some point. You know, so I think I learned that when you push yourself too hard, um, like an like a car that one day ages, and if you keep pushing that car to the same point, it's no longer going to be able to carry you from A to B. Um, and you've got to look at, we are machines. We are sophisticated, incredibly powerful, complex machines that need their you know, service, due service, and tender loving care, you know? So, you know, if we could renew our bodies and our minds every day, we'd be infinite, right? (laughs) Mm. We'd be doing things very differently if we knew we were going to live forever. I know that much. But Mm. because of the idea of that life is limited and the time that we have, and actually the time that we have as as healthy people is limited also in our lifespan. You're talking about, for most people, it's only like 40 years. Mm. Some people, it's 50 before things start going wrong. You know, mm. I'm like eight years off that, you know, and I've already got stuff happening, right? Yeah. What happens when you're 60? Yeah. You're like my gran who lives like 90 plus beyond 100. And you kind of just go, hey, wow. She can't even leave her apartment. All the people that she loves of her generation are gone. Yeah. You know, and yet she she said to me that it's the mind. The adventure is here. You carry it with you every day. And if you can be joyful with your mind, then great. But as soon as dementia kicks in, I've already left. Yeah. You know? So it's inter- it is interesting. We have this reflection of life. And the limited time we have and this this self-acquisition of position, sadly, you know, monetary gain, you know, um, which defines how successful we are. Mm. Um, and then some of the skills that we have to impress others to give us purpose. I think they're all very sad things that, you know, we, we must find purpose that way. It, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but how are we within ourselves? You know, um, I was in a really good place before my kidney donation, e- even after and now. But I have moments of reflection on that where I remember one day I left the house uh, at my parents' place, actually. I was walking down the road and I was just smiling, right? I just had some pretty cool fun thoughts going through my mind right nothing dirty nothing bad nothing dark it was all yeah. like really happy fun loving thoughts right yeah. and this lady goes oi why are you so happy 
Life's miserable. And I was like, are you enjoying that misery? Because, yeah. They go, oh, good on you. Good on you. I'm enjoying my joyfulness right now. So have a good day. Yeah. And anyway, after that, she was, um, I, I was walking down the road and there was someone else walking behind me a few days later. She goes, good day, jolly fellow. That's what she said, right? And I went, good day, ma'am. How you doing? And she goes, still miserable. Enjoying it? She goes, yeah. <laughs> and then she looks at the guy behind me and goes, what are you looking at? <laughs> you know? Yeah. She's nice to me. Mm. And, and I'm sure the next day she would have been nice to the other guy if he acknowledged her, but he ignored her. Mm. So it's like it's like this thing is, you know, you don't, it, someone's miserable. Do you let it affect you? You know, do you um, decide to do something about it? <laughs> Or do you kind of just decide to continue? And if they're happy in their misery, she said she was happy. If she said, no, I'm not happy. Hmm. Maybe then I would have stopped and said, hey, why is that? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But she's like, I'm happy being miserable. All right. I'll carry on then. Yeah. Hmm. So, anyway. <laughs> always always a long answer to all your questions so yeah yeah that's that's, that's a lot yeah <sighs> yeah hmm what are your thoughts yeah i i uh yeah um big one was uh yeah i was uh doing my best to stay present through all that um yeah it, it was like there, there was times where like you know you, you said um something and then i was like hmm that's interesting like i look at it a slightly different way and then i was like okay kind of pull back you know it, it, it was almost like just a practice for me of just like listening you know what i mean I'm just like keeping my ego out of it and like, okay, like this is, G this is Giton's experience. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Yeah. It's all different, right? Yeah. And, and it's like, I, I know with me, man, um, I think things that trigger me the most, and I know my triggers, um, like, I think it's the rebellious nature of mine. It's like, I find when people say like life is this way or this yeah. is the way things are, immediately it, it it triggers me and, and part of me wants to kind of jump in and you know defend my opinion of that you know what i mean like um defend my perspective and then it's sometimes it's sometimes like difficult um because like there's that part of me and i'm just like like let it go like let, let it go like it, it doesn't matter again like it's like this is my friend Giton. this is his experience this is his his perspective on life and you know what I mean? Like, I also don't want to be that, that person that people have to censor themselves around. You know what I mean? And like kind of, you know, do that. So, so it was interesting. It was like, it was, it was a very long, long answer. And then there was moments in it that I, I kind of like, you know, disagreed with or was like, like slightly triggered by, and then it's like, and then it's slightly emotionally taxing to kind of process that while you're listening to yeah. somebody keep like keep going. And then, and then you have also the added pressure of like, you know, the people pleasing part of me. 
um, the codependent part of me is like, I, I'm in a period right now in my life where I am, I, I'm really letting go of that people pleasing part of me, that, that codependent part of me. And, and, it, and it's painful sometimes because like, like it even makes me emotional right now. Like I'm like, God, man, like I love you so much. And, and it's like, yeah, like I don't like dealing with the frustrations I sometimes deal with around my friends. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, I know I'm only 27. Like, you know, I, 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 I'm mature for my age. I'm self-reflective for my age. And, and there's still times where like, I still get triggered. I still get frustrated and sometimes I get frustrated with myself. Like, you know, can't like, sometimes I'll just ask myself like, you know, why can't you just listen and put all of yourself out of the way? You know what I mean? And then like, like another thing I've been reflecting on, cause I have a friend of mine who me and her are very different people kind of by nature, but you know, the universe keeps pulling us together. Um, literally she's psychic and she'll, you know, tell me this stuff. And, and like, we both tell each other, like, you know, we, we, um, we confront each other a lot, you know, just by the nature of our personalities and, and our opinions are like sometimes so, so different and we care about each other a lot and we have helped each other grow so much. And I don't know why I, I started going into this. Um, yeah, I, I've just, you know, I, I, it's weird, man. It's kind of like what you said. It's like, you know, you go through times when everything is good. Like even just like yesterday, man, like it was wild, man. Like yesterday for like the last like month I've been doing really good. You know what I mean? Like really, really happy and just like no pressure. I've been doing really good with my dad. My relationship with my dad is a lot better than it used to be. And I was like, I'm just feeling really good. Um, and then today, for whatever reason, like it started like last night, I had a, a meeting with a mentor of mine and I shared just everything. My life was going really well. And then I randomly got like a pit, like a, a stress pit in my stomach randomly, you know? Um, and I told him, I was like, yeah, man, I just randomly got like kind of a stress pit. And then I, I woke up this morning and I, I still kind of had it. Um, and I went for like an hour walk and I was just kind of talking to myself you know, I was processing everything. And I came to the realization that I don't fully trust myself. Um, mm. And because like, I'm learning how to talk to my higher self and my soul, like this psychic friend of mine has been teaching me how to talk to my higher self and my soul. And it's been a beautiful and an extremely challenging journey. Because what's beautiful is the level of um, the level of um, just ease it gives me to know I don't have to go to people to make decisions. I don't have to go to other people. I don't have to rely on other people. I can go to myself. is is freeing. It's incredibly mm. liberating just to be able to rely on myself, right? Um, and. At the same time, I get a lot of false positives. I get a lot of false negatives. And and then my ego gets in the way sometimes. And it can be very difficult to discern a yes from a no sometimes. And when I'm doing almost all of my 
decision making from this process, like when it comes to people I have on the podcast, I always say, like, is it in the highest good of all for me to have this person on the podcast? Um, is it in the highest good of all for me to shave my head? Is it in the high like, you know, I just I, I, I literally ask myself and my higher self <clears throat> almost every big decision I make nowadays. And it, it's got to the point where for the first three months, I thought I was doing everything properly. You know, I thought everything was simple. And then, you know, about a month ago. I started noticing, you know, false positives and false negatives. And I, and I've been on this journey of like trying to figure out what is, how do I differentiate the false positives and the false negatives from the truth? And it's like a scientist, like just doing experiments over and over and over and over and over again, and trying to find some level of consistency and some pattern recognition to the feelings and energy fluctuations in my body. As I ask myself questions, um, and because of those false positives and false negatives, and because I haven't nailed the process down, I I'm putting an, an enormous level of pressure on myself where I'm at the point where like, sometimes I feel like paralyzed. Um, mm. cause I'm like, I, I don't want to make the wrong <laughs> decision. Um, mm. when I'm, when I haven't mastered the process of this decision-making process yet. And so I know I have like a bit of stress in me today from that. And as soon as I kind of said that out loud on my walk, it, I just felt like this enormous weight lifted off my shoulders. And I'm like, okay, so this is a really big stressor. Um, and then at the same time, you know, with the markets the way they are and the economy and the potential of going into a you know, a depression or, you know, a further recession. Um, I have some investments that I have that, you know, just a little bit ago, you know, I felt very content with where I could be in five years. You know, I felt very secure and safe with hmm. my, where I am in my investments. And now, you know, that almost tinfoil hat part of me is like, okay, well, if, if the whole world goes to shit and, and things start collapsing, as they, as there's a possibility they could do. Um, what is my fallback plan? You know, what do I rely on? And when I have a wife and kids in the future and I am responsible for more than just myself, what, you know, what is my backup plan? And is there, you know, I know life is in some sense inherently, life is inherently sporadic it's ever changing as you talked about the, te the tectonic plates and I'm like, and I'm kind of asking myself like, will I, is there ever going to be a time where I'm ever secure when I can ever lay back and just relax from a financial standpoint and, and be able to not be stressed about this. And so kind of those two stressors are in the back of my mind um, and then, you know, listening to your share and then, you know, being triggered by a couple of the things you, you said, um, some of your statements about life, um, and then kind of, you know, dealing with that and trying to take myself back and listen to you, you know, as empathetically as I can and really listen to what you're, you're talking about and your processes and your things you're learning about yourself and life. It's, um, it's sometimes challenging and, and I'm just realizing, um, you know, friendships can be challenging, you know, like I broke up with, you know, my best friend, um, three, uh, two, two months ago. 
Mm, you know, mm. we went we went separate ways. Like my closest friend, the, the person that I would probably see like once every week or two, uh, we'd hang out like every weekend kind of thing. And you know, some resentments built up over the years, um, and it got to a boiling point where it's like it just felt like it wasn't salvageable, man. And it just it fucking it hurt a lot, and things were said that um, probably really hurt me. It definitely really hurt me yeah. um, and really hurt him, I think. And, and it's kind of like made me reflect again on this codependency thing of like a lot of the times in relationships, how I would, you know, survive a good relationship or maintain a relationship is I would just sacrifice my integrity and my thoughts and I would just make sure that other person was felt seen and va- <clears throat> valued. And I wouldn't speak up about my feelings. Um, and just resentments would just grow and grow. Mm-hmm. And, and the whole time I'd just say, oh, you know, we're, we're close. We're good. Everything's fine. And it would just be like continually sweeping things under the rug. And like, I know, you know, you and I, we, we hadn't talked, you know, cause you went on your tech fast in a while mm. and, and all of this was kind of happening in that time that, we, that, time. Weren't, yeah. that we weren't talking and it, it kind of made me, it had me reflect on all of my friendships. Like they're all more fragile than I thought, you know, cause in some sense, <laughs> Just like your relationship with your mother or your father dictates in some sense a certain archetypal relationship with the world and other people in it, in any caregiver relationship you have or a mentorship relationship, you're, I feel like in some sense your relationship with your best friend or the person that you're closest with, the person that, the person that you're with mostly, that in some sense dictates how you feel about all your other relationships. So if that's secure, you feel some level of false security in all of your other relationships. And then when it's, that yeah. started breaking down, it started like, you know, when my strongest friendship started breaking down, it started, um, you know, put calling into question all of my other friendships, you know, my friendship with Ian, in some sense, my friendship with you. I haven't really thought about my friendship with you as much because you and I always seem to be good. Um, and, mm. be, and because there's a level of distance between us physically and geographically, you know, we don't talk all the time, meaning, you know, those resentments don't take as long to build up. Um, They don't have the opportunity to build up as much because a lot of time it's like, we're just sharing the good things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in some sense it was like listening to you just now was like the first time where I was confronted with that, I don't want to say ugly part of myself, but that part of myself that is like, in, in some sense, I was, I was like, okay, like me and Jit are friends hmm. and, and I love Jit and I want, in some sense, I want more from this friendship than it has right now. Cause I, I want yeah. the ability in the future to see you more, to talk with you more and have a deeper friendship with you as much as I yeah. already love her friendship. And so these frustrations and triggers that came up when you were speaking, it came into, it pulled into question like, okay, you know, I could either put this aside and just, you know, listen to everything you just said and then just move on and just, you know, start the podcast or whatever, or just, you know, just 
ebb into it and ignore it as I would usually do. Mm. Or I could, you know, release this feeling I have in the opportunity before it starts to erode my feelings for you and erode my my love for you because again I just realized that all friendships and relationships are more fragile than I used to think and I'm always part of that and I have to make sure that I share my feelings and allow my friends to share their feelings and hopefully build up the trust that no matter what happens, I can deal with my emotions and love my friends and they feel safe and secure enough in our friendship that they can speak about whatever they want to speak about and that they know, you know, this might trigger Anton, you know, maybe some of the things I say, you know, might disagree with a core aspect of him or a lot of the time, not even a core aspect of me, just my traumas my wounds, mm. you know, yes. you didn't, you didn't trigger the best part of me. You triggered the part of me that reminds me of my father. Cause you mm. know, my father would say a lot of these things are uh, these very definitive statements about life. And he'd almost bully you into believing them. It was almost mm. a, it was like he would say, it and he would demand you agree with him. And so I know you're mm. not demanding. I agree with anything yeah. about you, but it's sometimes those triggers and those wounds are so deep that it's so difficult to differentiate between someone just speaking their truth and their perspective and you you're so used to that way of being hurt hurting you and taking away some level of of not even taking away your autonomy but you being a child when this was happening and you not knowing how to maintain your autonomy and your sovereignty and your self-respect when this was going on and now you're an adult and the same things are happening you're an adult you're no longer a child but it's like in some sense, as a child, you never develop the skills and the the skills to maintain your integrity when those those things were happening. And so it's like if, if I and what sometimes when that happens, I feel like I'm put into the role of a child again, and mm. it, it's very uncomfortable. And so again, then I battle myself in my head, and I'm like, "You're being a shitty friend right now because you're not able to fully be present legit as he's sharing something that's very meaningful to him." And then, yeah, like, you know, when you, when you, when you stopped and then like another, the last thing I'll say about this is like another thing I'm going through is, um, coming to terms with, you know, really coming to terms with what, what it feels like, um, when someone shares for a long time. Because, you know, again, the best part of me is like, you know, they're just sharing. Um, yeah. You know, they're just sharing. And then the, 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 that, you know, that triggered or wounded or traumatized part of all of us from youth, that part of us goes, you know, this person doesn't care about me. You know what I mean? Mm. It's like, it's almost like they never invited me to come forward. And again, that's not, that's not their responsibility to invite me to come forward. It's my responsibility to come forward myself. And it's just interesting how these things can trigger us and make us feel sometimes like we're back to being a kid again. And it's just, and I don't know why it's how sometimes it triggers us and sometimes it doesn't. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I'm sure. Yeah, you, and I, 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 and uh, sort of last thing is just like, mm. I'm sure you've said something similar to this 
many times mm. before and I was always okay with it. And something about today, maybe it was my emotional state coming into this, but it was just for whatever reason today, it was just the perfect triggered synchronicity it. of events triggered it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I find that um, beautifully rather than irritatingly interesting. I'll tell you why. Because it- you, you were talking about how, yeah, when you bring people in close, when you're strong, you know, you have, you know, you have the strength to maintain your integrity in some sense, your autonomy. And then when you're, when your strength is, is gone, you know, you have no walls, barriers or defenses and things can impact you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, look, I I feel like in, if I give you this reflection, you might understand this. I feel like true love, right? Like true feeling. Love isn't even the right word. When you meet someone that you truly feel something for, the barrier is the physical side. You mm. almost want to mold into that person. Yeah, almost like yeah, over, totally. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You want to be like, you want to merge with that person. Yeah, sex. On a spiritual plane kind of thing that is like um, rivers coming together, you know? Yeah. And that is already frustrating. <laughs> you know? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and it, yeah. it, it, it's it's beyond it's beyond mental, physical, or sexual. It's yeah. beyond that. It's this amazing blending of each other's beingness where you truly merge and you have this experience. Like um Odo from Deep Space Nine. I don't know if you know this guy, he's a liquid guy. And the way he um merges with his family and including his loved ones is they they become a pool of liquid together. Oh, wow. They merge into each other's beingness and minds. And this is the absolute, like there are, there, there are social standards that you live up to and that I live up to that are holding us back from truly getting to know the real Anton or the real Jit and, you know, like mm. that. If you could merge the energy completely together beyond the physical beingness, which is a boundary, our, what we see is a boundary. Our eyesight yeah. is about, right? Yeah. And, and, and you know, and then th- that's where the frustration comes in, right? So you go like, hey, rather than be frustrated, you know, I'm going to just manage those relationships by being strong. The thing is, is that you get hurt when you're not strong. Yeah. And there are more times than not when you're not strong. The other thing is we always get ready before we go out we yeah. have a routine brush your teeth have a shower get some breakfast iron your shirt you know put your nice gear on and then you go see that friend which is not a true representation of who you are yeah. you know when you're just chilling at home yeah right and and then the jit that's chilling at home isn't necessarily the jit you're you're seeing and i'm not seeing the anton is just chilling at home you know, yeah. the, the guy who goes like, hey, you know what? When you're just sitting there and you're like, just like, whatever. What do I fancy? I want shitty nachos with cheese, right? <laughs> you know, I want a crappy McDonald's burger. That's what I, I want to like drive out in my onesie. <laughs> and like, you know, you know and, and like, you know, Anton in his Superman onesie, me and my Batman, <laughs> you know, I want to rock up at the drive-thru. And I'm like, screw this, Anton. We're going to st- go sit in McDonald's. I want to go sit in McDonald's and, 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 and eat a dirty burger with a milkshake while I'm in my onesie. I don't give a crap what anyone thinks. I'm there with you. Yeah. But I'm there with you 
for me. And I'm hoping that you're there for you, for me, like too, or with me, right? Mm. So it's like, you know, these these enigmatic, you know, almost extraterrestrial experiences beyond the normities of life where mm. you can kind of not do un- anything unethical because, look, you know, like generally speaking, you know, just being is ethical. Just be leaving other people alone is ethical. You know, you don't need to put, think about those things. We shouldn't have to think about those things, right? But if we want to go out in our onesies and go have a dirty burger, I don't. We're not breaking any laws, you know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, so where is that part of us? I speak to myself in this as well. Like, you know, where is that side of us that like just goes, "Hey, I don't give a damn what." mrs a down the road who's opinionated and you must conduct yourself <laughs> like a church goer and wear a tie on a sunday and a suit when you go to church you know instead i'm i'm i'm, rock, I'm rocking down the road with my onesie with my boy i shouldn't care what they think yeah i shouldn't avoid them either i should be able to say yo mrs b what's cooking <laughs> you know like you know just because i felt like that without offense yeah but me being able to read her mind impacts my mind and yeah. creates a seed of doubt within myself that will slowly break me down to a degree where, you know, someone will complain and you'll be like, well, how do you respond to that? We yeah. come back from eating our dirty burger from down the road. We come home and the neighbors are coming over to complain that we were strutting our stuff down, down in our onesie, down towards McDonald's. Yeah, you know we're supposed to be good boys, representing, setting better examples for the youth. I'm like, you know, then does it become a defensive behavior? Does that affect you and I because we did something wrong and we enjoyed that moment of freedom? You know, it's 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 those explorations of beyond the boundaries of expectation that in your friendships that yeah, I've been told this a lot, and I'm sure you've experienced this too with me. You have this energetic, like this energetic, powerful connection with someone, and suddenly the motherfucker disappears. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I get that a lot, by the way. And and usually it's for a good reason. Like you know, we do live ten thousand miles apart, um, <laughs> yeah. and and you know, I I do get sick, but without the excuses, I'm one of those people that I realize why. And I had a girlfriend who was polyamorous, and she didn't tell me. So oh just, wow. Yeah, my my last girlfriend before the one I'm with now. Yeah. And she was a grandmaster's daughter, you know. Yeah, yeah. So that didn't go down well. And I was all stand up and stuff, but yet by the end of that relationship, I'm the bad guy. Mm. Because she's the princess of the martial arts. And the one power that I have that I'm very proud of is my ability to stand in front of my enemy comfortably. Now, my enemy is me. The enemy is chaos within myself and frustration and self-destruction, self-hate, you know? That is my enemy. But to stand in front of someone comfortably, (laughs) and I confronted her at a birthday party, a mutual friend's (laughs) birthday party, and no, no, because she attacked me. Like her friends attacked me. She didn't attack me. Her friends did. Wow. And I stood in front of all her friends and me on my myself on my own. And the whole party was my friend, you know. And I stood there 
and I confronted her. And I overextended my power of confront to stand comfortably in front of someone. As soon as I confronted her, because martial artists, I believe the foundation of the training is the ability to confront your enemy. And you can handle almost anything in your life if you come from a stable base, right? Of communication. Mm. Stable, you're not floundering, right? Yeah. I wasn't floundering, I was boom. And I saw her have an anxiety attack. Wow. And there was it's and, and the, the devil in me was laughing. Mm. And that's where I lost that battle. Mm. Where I was like, wow, she ain't no martial artist. She didn't. And I'm, I'm losing this battle. I'm losing this battle with myself where I'm supposed to be a stand-up guy. And I'm happy that she's in pain. I sleep with a guy in my own bed. That's what I'm thinking, right? Mm. And I was attacking, attacking. I told my girlfriend about this. Her and I speak about those relationships. Uh, you know, we she's helped me to pray for them. She's a strong Christian. Mm. She helped me pray for them for forgiveness. She goes, there's one powerful thing about Christianity. You're very powerful. There's many powerful things. But the powerful thing about Christianity, you don't have to be religious. It's a thing called repent, you know, mm. to just go, hey, you know what? I effed up. I I was really strong and I used that power to hurt someone that I once cared for. Mm. Actually, you're supposed to repent and pray for forgiveness. Forgive them. Pray for their greatness. Pray for them to rise above their own shit. And so why I spoke about this subject was polyamory. spiritually, I know it sounds weird, the physical realm, polyamory, especially if you don't tell your partners, is cheating, right? Yeah. Unless you tell your partners. But on the spiritual realm, polyamory, I believe, is okay. On the spiritual realm, where you have these innate connections with people, where you want to merge with their minds and souls, not on a physical plane of existence, because you don't want the physical plane of existence because it lasts a moment. But once you've connected on that that spiritual, energetic, loving, emotional plane, you when you merge apart because you have to because of the you know you were physical beings, you've taken those parts of them with you, and they've taken those parts of you with them, and mm. that they can either be joyful about that experience that they've had where they've merged, and even for you to get to that stage where you want to merge with each other and have this incredible friendship or beyond friendship whatever it is and you now you can go like you know hey man that was powerful now i feel a part of you nothing sexual to do with it you know we use these connotations of conversation hugging kissing sex you know they're all our ways of trying to get to know people on a deeper level because we can't break the boundary of the flesh And that's how I feel. I don't know what you think, but like, you know, and so I understand if someone's physically polyamorous on on the plane of the physical world now, I don't think it's personally an okay thing for me personally, right? But I do understand because we are polyamorous in our spiritual connections, you know, like if I'm, if I'm spiritual, I'm having, and and being spiritual with other people uh, is a sexual thing. You know, by the consideration of many, I'm like a slut. <laughs> I'm a spiritual slut. Yeah. Right? You can write a book on that. You know <laughs> what I mean? I, I get around because I want to connect with people on deeper, more meaningful levels to get past my own shit, 
to get past their own social sh- crap. You know, we, it's all crap. You know that, right? Like, we we don't want it to be. It means something. That crap, that's crap's my crap. Okay? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But, and you don't want to be judged for your crap, your personal stuff, right? Yeah. And you don't want someone to trigger it either. But if we can get past that, we know that everyone innately wants to connect. Even mm. the lonely girl was mistreated when she was younger and now she's become a powerful martial artist with influence and she just wants to have these she believes that connecting spiritually people is only sexual but once that sex is done guess what she wipes you clean and you're 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 nobody and that's an issue now Mm. because she's been slingshot into her body she had this sexual spiritual uh you know experience and now you're nothing to her Mm. she's taken from you what she wants does that make her wrong there's something broken there you know and and so i learned to forgive but i had to forgive myself first that i used this power within me to destroy her and i felt so good about it and to stand in front of all my friends including her friends and pretty much bang destroy her reputation in 30 seconds you know, but the only person left feeling lonely at the end of it or crappy was probably me. So it is how we, uh, you know, I don't want you to feel crap with any of my interactions, but if you do, it's really important that we talk, you know, we, we, yeah. we talk it through. What is the trigger? Why, you know, do I really think that just because it's an experience I had doesn't mean it's the thought process I have in my current beingness. You know, mm. walking down the road and being jolly was someone I used to be. I kind of miss that. And I have fragments of that experience outside of being sick. Hmm. You know. Do you, do you feel like, do you feel like you've lost contact or access to a part of yourself? I start to question if that was even real. Really? You thought maybe it was like a facade? Like it was an act you were putting on? Like the, the happy job? No, I'm, you get to a point where you start to think that maybe did that even happen? Really? Yeah. It's like you, you like some kind of freenia, uh, you know, kind of moment where you're kind of like, did that happen? It did happen. I yeah. know it did because I diarize everything. I write journals. Dude. Me, me too. I, I had the same thing happen um, a week ago. I, I had a, um, yeah, I guess I'll just say it. Like I, I had a channeled experience. I, I channeled something. Um, and I don't know if I channeled something from a higher power. I don't know if I just channeled my subconscious. Literally, my subconscious might have come to the forefront. Um, the collective unconscious, God, I don't, I don't know. But I also recorded it. I recorded all of the insights and and it, it was wild. And like, I at first I was very, I was like, fuck yeah. Like I've been wanting to have a spiritual experience like that. Um, like, you know, one of my, like I'd love to marry someone who's psychic. That was always kind of like my, my thing. I've always been attracted to spiritual women and stuff. And I think it was probably always a part of me that wanted to find that in myself. But because I told myself 
I'm not a, I'm not psychic. I don't have gifts. It was like the only way that my 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 psyche, my the whole of my being, could actually tune into what I might have access to is to be attracted to psychic women or people that have mm. these gifts. Just like how. You know, if you feel like most of the time you're introverted, but you have an intro, you have an extroverted side very deep down, but it's repressed. You end up being attracted to extroverted women subconsciously in the hope that she, just by who she is, will unlock that part of you that you've repressed. So in some sense, I was doing the same thing in the hope that I had repressed this psychic ability of mine, this intuitive ability. And I was subconsciously attracted to psych- like psychic women and very intuitive spiritual women in probably in the subconscious hope that it would unlock something in me. Um, and yeah, like last week, like I had my first experience. And at first I was super proud. I was excited. I was like, fuck, I finally did it. I finally had this experience I've been wanting to have for like a year. You know what I mean? And then, and then I started getting ashamed of it. And I started getting kind of like what the fuck like that's fucked like i started to question it and i started to kind of perceive it from the lens of a commoner in society who doesn't believe it and i'm like and i started going like fuck i might be a freak you know like i might be kind of fucked up um and then also the other part of me was afraid that i got my hopes up about this experience i had had an experience but maybe it was just bullshit maybe it was just some fucking i made shit up or something right and like i just i had that too or it's like you know i kind of got my hopes up and stuff and and i still want to uncover more of it and talk to some psychics and stuff um who i'm close to and get some more because like they can see energy and they can feel energy and mm. they'll probably know where the energy that was coming through me was originated they'll probably be able to tell if the origin point is my subconscious or the collective unconscious which is, again, it's very handy being friends with psychics because they have access to different pieces of information. But it's like, yeah, like, you know, the reason why I brought that up is, you know, what you just said about like sometimes like you just you question your own experiences, you question your sanity. And then it's like I never realized this until just recently because like I'd always, you know, I had a, a podcast on Monday with somebody and we were talking about psychological experiments and we were talking about the ash the ash conformity study. Do you know that one? Yeah. 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 I've heard of it. Yeah. yeah. So it's what happens is you get like five people in a room. Four of them are actors. One of them is a real person. And then the study is you show three lines um, on a whiteboard and two of them are clearly the same length. And one of them is longer. And then what you do is you, the person who, who sets up the study asks the five people, um, which is the longest line? Two of them are the same. One is longer. And what happens is they purposely ask the real person last and they go through the four actors. And, the four, and so clearly line C is the longest. But then they, go, they ask the first person who's an actor and he goes, line A, obviously. And then the second person, line A. Third person, line A. Fourth person, line A. Goes to the real person. He's like, I, I think, isn't it line C? They found that I think it was 30, 33% of people, I think, um, went along and they said line A. Even though clearly it was fucking obvious. It was not even close. It was like one is clearly fucking longer. So literally, you have a third of the population that is so weak emotionally, Ooh 
um, intellectually, like th- their sense of integrity is just gone. Like that, that's like an issue of like integrity. It's like they, they can't even maintain their sovereignty. They can't even, you know, objectively view reality. They're so affected by social perception and wanting to fit in. And so, you know, it, it, just, it just makes me think like, you know, again, I never understood that until I had this experience and I started doubting this experience, even though I recorded it. Like I literally recorded myself talking for two hours and it was pretty fucking wild. You know what I mean? And I had some pretty insane insights um, about the universe and the cosmos and God and fucking planets and the big bang and like all this shit. It was a Mm. wild experience. Um, And I think I even like, if it's correct, I want to do, do some deep diving, but I think I might've channeled one of my ancestors and I was having a conversation with one of my ancestors. And so it was just, yeah, it was this wild thing. But, like, I found myself questioning it, you know. And I, I just went, wow, like, that is the power of mob mentality. That is the power of propaganda. And then you see the world today and you see the world throughout time and how people are so easily manipulated, like Nazi Germany and even, you know, the world right now, dare I say. And so, mm-hmm. like, I just – it's just wild. Like, I, I have – firsthand experience now with that feeling of desperately not wanting to be crazy, desperately wanting to fit in. And I'm just like, you know, and and as you said about like, you know, if we went out in our onesies, like maybe that's actually what we want to be. Like I like literally for me, I have my on air clothes and I have my off air clothes. Literally. Like I usually don't wear this if I'm off air, the reason is I don't want to ruin the shirt. <laughs> like I'm yeah, literally yeah, like, yeah. you know what I mean? So I have like shitty clothes. Like I have a, just like fucking black track pants, a black Adidas sweater. Um, and like, I just don't give a fuck. Like I wear what's comfortable. Right. But then yeah. when I go out, I wear jeans, I wear maybe a nice V-neck t-shirt, like not even that nice, but just a, a V-neck, something that's not sloppy. Right. Um, or whatever I want to wear, like a, a dress shirt or something. And, like, I would consider myself someone who is more than the average person autonomous in terms of my integrity Mm. and my authenticity. I think I think for myself, um, you know, again, I'm a podcaster. I'm I'm in a leadership position. I created my own company. I created my own podcast where I'm speaking about what I think as a human being. And a lot of what I think as a human being is different than the consensus norm. So already, like, a majority of what I do in the world is sovereign and autonomous from my mm. perspective but still even when i do this i won't be caught dead wearing my baggy shitty clothes with holes in them that i'd usually wear around the house i won't wear that on a podcast i won't wear that on a youtube video so there's still part of me that still is like i want to be presentable and there's a lot there's a lot of factors that go into that there's a certain element mm. of of beauty like literally, do I want to add beauty to the world? Because in some sense, maybe even the fact that I don't give a shit about my wardrobe, usually maybe that there's actually a deeper issue there. Maybe it's that I don't, by myself, I don't value my appearance when no one's watching. And maybe like at a deeper level, maybe on one hand, it's like, oh, that's liberating. You know, you don't care what other people, you don't care what other people think, but maybe that's actually a reflection of how you view yourself. So if you don't view yourself as beautiful, maybe in your off time when no one's, no one's looking, you actually dress as how you actually view yourself. 
And maybe Ooh. I don't maybe I don't view myself as anything special. So I wear black baggy pants and an Adidas sweater. You know what I mean? That's in some sense, maybe if someone was to actually claw their way into my mind, maybe that's actually how I perceive myself. And then when I'm yeah. on when I'm on camera, I and, and then also there's the on-screen personality and the off-screen personality. My on-screen personality, I'm showered with validation, um, love. Um, in some sense, you know, the the person that people perceive when I'm on screen is in some sense, it's a facade. It's a, it's a collection of how I want to perceive myself. But also, it's like when I'm off screen, who I am is this slow change from youth. Meaning when I'm off screen, I still have all the baggage in my psyche of how I perceived myself in high school, how I perceived myself in university, how I perceived myself in elementary school. And I haven't Ooh. had a ceremony or a ritual like a coming of age or a like a um a rite of passage ritual that has annexed me from my prior self so in some sense it's like i haven't had the full ability i've I've shifted i've changed but it's so gradual that my psyche is still in some sense part who i was in elementary school high school university a year ago up to yesterday where in some sense, the fortunate part of having an on-screen persona is you can be like, yeah, my on-screen persona started one year ago. And I get to, like my on-screen persona started at the most up-to-date version of who I was when I created that persona. Ooh. And now my on-screen persona a year later is a collection of who I was when I started up to who I am now, one year. Where my off-screen persona, my actual, you kind of, in some sense, who I perceive myself to be, is all of the different personalities of 27 years of my life. And it's like, that is much different. So in some sense, for me, it begs the question of maybe, maybe every identity we ever have is a lie. Maybe it's not like who I am when I'm off camera is any more real than on camera. Maybe that's bullshit too. That's still a story. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a different story. It's a story that is more laid back, but maybe in some sense, the person I have on camera is that actually the pride I want to actually have in real life. And I haven't found a reason to, to translate that pride to who I am off screen. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Do you remember that analogy we used of layer cake? Yeah. Yeah, I think on in this context of layer cake, you know, I look at it and I wouldn't be able to um, kind of like think about this if we weren't talking about it. Like a lot of people think, hey, you know, Jit probably already knows this or no, no, I, I'm coming up with this stuff as we're talking about it, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, so, you know, it's not some prior kind of wisdom or anything. But when you say like that liberated self, well, number one, if you could exist in that liberated self continuously, that in itself is a jail. Mm. You're no longer liberated. Because you do extend yourself into different minds and personas of yourself, different layers of yourself, you experience the liberation more effectively more uh, extremely does that make sense like you know it, you will never get that ah, feeling right yeah when you do jump back into your you know the adidas top and if you're always in the adidas top you'll never ever experience that moment ever again mm. so in the way it's no longer liberation right because mm. you do have this layer where the liberation of the cake, the layer of the cake is on the inside, 
it's a soft part and that visual side is anton on on stage anton when he's out he is a cherry on top type situation do you know what i mean yeah yeah you need the softer inside because we as human beings ultimately is not i don't think about only what other people think of us it's about what you think what kind of cake are you how do you look like on the outside and how do you feel like on the inside you know and that liberation state is about feeling mm. that outside state is about how you see yourself because the conf the the, the you know people say oh yeah you know i need social kind of you know acknowledgement or my position i want people to say i look good or i'm it's not that it's you knowing that you look good because your eyes are in your head not on the outside looking in and you really don't know how you look i'm just thinking about this out loud i'm not saying that yeah yeah, yeah. no i i i love i love that is so raw like one one kind of epiphany i had when we were talking about the layer kick is liberation is the choice of choosing how you want to appear in any given moment and it's like who you are in some sense like you know the the liberated version as you said the anton with an adidas top on as you said that's a prison because if i'm kind of continually falling back sucked into it like against my 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 choice i'm not choosing i, I didn't choose really that to be my default that is literally like a, a set of neur, neur, neurological patterns in my brain that like I've been trained, I've trained myself or society has trained me or I've been trained, period. I've been conditioned to view myself a certain way. And I probably didn't choose it. It was probably chosen for me in some sense. And I, I probably agreed to it. I was presented an option and I said, I guess that's who I am. Um, and that is the thing that feels most normal to me. And what I, I kind of had like an epiphany, like it's like it's in the choice of who do I want to be right now. That's liberation. Like I remember in spiritual circles, a lot of what they they say is like, you know, in this duality, like where we are right here, like there is a zodiac. You know what I mean? Like we're still governed by the laws of the universe and how we incarnate. Like my friend Ian is very knowledgeable. Um, he's a sound healer, musician, and he's very knowledgeable with the zodiac stuff, astrology. And, um, and he kind of had like a cool analogy for it. He's like, kind of like how I see the Zodiac and the different planets is like when you're born, like you have kind of your, your uncle, your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, and they're all right beside your, your bed that you come into the world in. And like the first thing that happens is like your uncle Derek whispers in your, in your, um, your ear, like, you know, you go kid or whatever, or he, he gives you a piece of advice and your mom gives you a piece of advice and your dad gives you a piece of advice and your sister and your brother. He's like, those are all the planets. He's like, when you come into the world, the, the dominant, the, the universe is vibrating at a certain frequency and all of these planets are vibrating at a certain frequency. And they're going through the cosmos and, and they're literally just, they're all, and the, the planets further away, their frequency is a bit weaker. Pluto has a weaker frequency than Mercury does or, mm. you know, Venus does or all these different ones. And so he's like, each one of these planets has a relationship with you the moment you're born. Because who you are in some sense is a snapshot of the energies of the universe at the time of your, of your birth. Right. That's that's how I kind of view it as of right now. You know, no one's given me a piece of information that kind of 
makes me intuitively feel it makes more sense than that. Um, and then what a lot of you know people have told me, and this kind of makes sense based on my framework for how I view reality, is as you kind of you elevate outside of this three-dimensional plane to call it the um, astral plane or the causal plane or these different planes of existence, then it's like you're no longer Anton who has his sun in Libra and his moon in this and his Mars in this and his ascendant rising. As you get higher and as you get more like awakened, maybe even in death or something, the next plane is you're still a snapshot of your last lifetime. But then when you when you go up and up, and this gets very theoretical, it's almost pointless, but yeah. you know, for the point of it, is like as you get higher and higher, because there is like in my interpretation of things, there's like a there's just consciousness, you know, called the the collective unconscious, as Carl Jung would say. You know, Maya, consciousness, God, whatever word, source, universe, whatever you want to call it. And it's like there's one consciousness and how it how it has learned to understand itself is it breaks itself into separate consciousnesses and then it forgets in some sense that it is broken into different pieces of consciousness. And it's like Alan Watts has this idea of like if you could dream any dream, you would have this adventure that adventure but then there would be a point where you go well it's no fun if i'm aware i'm having the adventure because then there's no stakes <laughs> if, if i if i have a dream where i'm a cia agent and i'm like you know some fucking 007 kind of shit if i know i'm in a dream the whole point of the double why 007 is thrilling is because there's a sense of like i could die you know what i mean this mm. is only interesting when there's stakes Right. Our whole life is about stakes and risk and everything. So it's like what what you would naturally do is after you lived, let's say, 100 dreams, you'd go, all right, how about this time I go, I live the dream, but I forget that I'm in a dream. And then from Alan Watts' perspective, he's like, that's where we are right now. We're God broken into these different pieces of personalities and all these things. And we've chosen to forget that we're all the same. That all, all of our souls are part of a collective soul. And it's yeah. like our soul that like even we get attached to like, oh, my soul is awesome. It's incarnated 30,000 times. Like, oh, I have an awesome soul. It's like level 5,000. You know what I mean? But really it's like, you know, when you get higher, you're so, like me and you have the same soul and all of us Ooh. have the same soul, you know, from that higher perspective. Um, I have no clue how I got onto this tangent. <laughs> but, but, no, hey, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Go, go on with that, though. You went from layer cake to this um, uh, this piece. And I, I know exactly what you mean. But then it reverts back to what I was saying about merging with each other and being a part of a pool of what you're saying is on a, on a much um, higher scale is ultimately if we come from this pool of consciousness um, and, you know, when we are apart from that pool, we're, you imagine the exhilarating power sensation of being a part of this multitude of minds and emotions and energies all at once wow. and now being stuck in a body with one voice <laughs> not multitudes and the history of voices that came before you which makes you sound like you're a schizo yeah you know and even in our own lifespan, like I was trying to bring it all together is when I'm saying to you that, hey, you know what? This guy I was telling you about is walking down the street and is really happy. I don't even know if I remember having that experience, like really, but I know it happened because it's in my diary. But 
you know, I can't feel or stay feel connected to it. You know, that's the same thing that even the experiences on this plane of existence, our minds, our physical minds are powerful. But unless we have that synchronicity with our spirit and our minds where they work together, you don't force these thoughts or, you know, like, oh, you know, and you, you're missing this thing. And then you find individuals like our friendship where you want to merge into each other and actually understand who the hell I'm hanging out with right now. <laughs> I love you know, like that kind of thing, you know, but yet that's bigger than that when you look at the universal consciousness, because that's what we're ultimately and truly missing. Then Jim Anton become four and those four become eight. And, you know, suddenly we're like, wow, we're still not getting the same experience as if when we're on this other plane of existence, then why the hell are we being brought down to this limited form yeah. of existence? You know, and maybe the only way to expand true consciousness and to add value back maybe it's like the the universal consciousness sending out individual conscious minds infant in infant not infinite infant conscious minds to plainly and clearly bring back the experiences like satellites you know uh. being sent out into the universe to bring those experiences back to the ultimate consciousness maybe it's that maybe i'm just saying <laughs> it sound too crazy you know, because that's what I would do if I was the universal consciousness and I wanted to experience the powers of experience and learning and growth and chaos. You know, chaos is a beautiful thing. Yeah. Chaos doesn't just have to be destruction. Chaos is just random shit happening. Creativity just. Well, yeah, there is no creativity with formality and precision. And, Word. you know, you use precision like a scalpel or a paintbrush. To, shape to exercise it. creativity, but that creativity must be nurtured. That, that the artistic nature within ourselves must be influenced by the pains of, you know, your dad's difficulties with you and your dad, the difficulties with me and my mother and my ex-wife and the grandmaster's daughter and <laughs> you know, the whole freaking martial arts world about to come and destroy my ass. And I'm like, bring it, you know? And then they're like, no, no, we're not going to fight yet. You know, because he's the voice of our federation and that's why they wouldn't dare. Um, but, you know, like that kind of thing, you know, it it's like you're sitting there and you're like, wow, you know, this is beautiful. This is like, you know, this whole idea of experience and where we are. And now you suddenly go, hey, you know what? If you believe that, you don't feel alone. You're like, you know yeah. what? I'm meant to feel this way. I'm meant to go through these experiences. I'm meant to go through these good or shitty experiences so I can bring that back to the higher consciousness and so mm. everyone, the great, the greatest consciousness of all, which is all of us merged into one, can experience and the euphoria of that experience over and over again for infinity. Aho, mm. man. I'm Aho. getting that high. Dude, that, that, uh, dude, I like, you know, the biggest thing, you know, for me is I want to have more compassion for myself. Um, I want to remember what you just said. Like, you know what I mean? That like everything that's happening to me, all my struggles, all my challenges, all my insecurities, all my traumas, all of my wounds are for something and that they're not an accident. And that when I incarnated in this lifetime, I knew this was going to be the game plan. And that sometimes like, it's almost like sometimes I wish 
like my higher self would check in in like a very noticeable way and be like, Hey man, like, I love you. You're doing good. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was rough today. You know, you had an emotional day and you completely forgot who you are. You completely forgot why you're here. You forgot all the people, all of the, the energy in the cosmos that loves you and that you're very special. You know, you're a very special thing in terms of the cosmos. There aren't very many Antons. There aren't any Antons. You know what I mean? You're very unique. And I think it's like we get so caught up in our lives and in our pain and we just completely forget that there's any point to our existence. And, you know, we just feel, yeah, like, like you said, we just, I just feel so alone sometimes, you know, like when I, when I was listening to you at the beginning of this conversation that sparked this entire conversation, like the overwhelming feeling was loneliness. Mm. You know, I just, I felt extremely alone. And that trigger and that that hurt that came up was just loneliness. It was, I, I don't feel like I'm seen. I don't feel like I value myself right now. Because really, like, that trigger is, like, a lack of self-love. You know what I mean? Because if I really love myself, I'd be like, hey, man, it's, it's okay. Like, oh, that trigger came up. Like, oh, all good, man. All good. Like, it happens. But no, like, I got pulled into it and I... You know, I got frustrated and I started beating myself up thinking I was a bad friend and, you know, all this stuff. And I think a lot is just like, you know, just settling down and be like, hey, like, it's okay. You know, whatever, whatever comes up is, is meant to be. And yeah, man, I just want to have more compassion for myself. I want to love myself more. And in turn, when I love myself more, I want to be able to really love and merge with my friends and the people I love, like you and, you know, other people in my life and stuff. Like, you know, I, I want to be able to fully have that merging experience with the, the fear, the crippling fear I sometimes have of, yeah, being afraid to merge. Cause like when you fully merge, like you are bare, like you have no walls, you have no defenses. It's like your traumas, your wounds are just, you're just, they're raw. You know what I mean? And it's almost like hopefully you can get to the point where you get so raw, you get so open, you get so open that the pain just channels through you. It doesn't stick with you. It doesn't embed itself like a dagger sticking in your gut. It's just like, it's just almost like a jolt of electricity that just passes immediately. It just, you know, you feel it, it happens, like the trigger happens, but it just washes through you. Just, and it's just through and like, you know, I don't know if I'll ever get to that place. I'm not sure. I might. Um, but I know one thing is I'd love to get to the point where I just accept every experience that happens to me and I can just, yeah, love all of you with all of my heart, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. I, I'm, I'm on the same page in that sense. I, I want to be able to be more compassionate towards myself as well. Um, I've for so long been put on a pedestal so high. I had bad things like some of the questions you were putting on your sheet you know about ego and expectation and you know upholding a standard and realizing that people are lying to me half the time because they're not lying to me they're lying to themselves mm. you know and and i'm i'm setting up a expectation you know and i go back to me and the grandmaster's daughter me and my girlfriend florina we speak about this often because you know she wants me to be able to forgive you know and talk about it and not hide you know yeah and it's difficult for me because 
I'm like Robin Hood that became a prince and she was the princess and we were going to conquer the world together as the heads of the martial arts because I am my title is the voice of the federation and you know I'm the voice for thousands of black belt instructors not just black belts tens of thousands of black belts from around the world up until a few years ago when all this happened and she's the princess but she didn't work to get there she doesn't even know half the knowledge that her father's imparted on me. She doesn't know that herself, you know, because I lived yeah. with him for many years. And, you know, but I disagreed with, I knew the underlying roots were rotten. Even her father who used to sleep around with students while I was living there that I turned a blind eye to. That she's polyamorous. Maybe they say the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. But then my, I was no better in the sense that I upheld myself. I, I always had the philosophy of King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table, and I'm just one of the knights, you know? Never saw myself as King Arthur. And my um, teacher told me, I said that Sensei, um, Shihan, we say, Master, means he's Italian. I go that we need a, a leader that stands in the middle between you masters and the seniors and the rest of the population, including the youth. He goes, oh, mm, yeah, he's Italian. He goes, Jitum, yes. Mm. <laughs> I absolutely agree with you. Mm. You know, here, have more grappa, more grappa, you know, you know, <laughs> which is like the slush that's left after wine, right? But, you know, it's the nastiest shock. <laughs> I mean, drinking this grappa. And then he's like, I think you have identified a major problem. Congratulations on elevating your consciousness. The problem is only you and me know about this now. So until someone comes along, you must be this man that you speak of until they 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 come and take your place. And someone better will come. Hmm. And I'm like, Sensei, why not you? And he goes, no, 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 I'm Italian. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I never knew what that meant. And he basically, I felt like on reflection when i became a bit more older and smarter that maybe he was underlying saying that you are the voice which is the king right the voice until the true king appears or you get replaced because of old age or you die in battle or whatever right and that's how i built myself up but that's not true it literally was that you hold that position until the true king appears even though he thought I was the king, I truly believe it was more than that. I think it was, I truly, even a king holds a position until the next best uh, king appears. Right? Do you know what I mean? Right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. A better voice. And so I became the voice of the Federation and I'm like influencing people all over the world. I mean, like a, billions of people in India are like looking at me with beady Indian eyes, like, Ooh, you know, like, you know, <laughs> Asta, you know, you know, you know, you know, it's you know, <laughs> you know, it gave me it gave me the strength and i can speak the language fluently thanks to my yeah. grandmother so uh. <clears throat> then i'm going to malta and i'm going to france and i'm going to belgium and i'm going to italy and, and germany and i'm like you know and in qatar and i'm in armenia and you know <laughs> canada and the us and suddenly everyone's like this and then suddenly i go to war with the grandmaster's daughter 
but I have walked before others as an example in life that they've seen with their own eyes that this man, whatever he says, does. I don't know this girl, but I should stand by her because of my trust in my master. But so is it divided? But suddenly, when everyone like stands in front of each other and about to go to battle, and then everyone from her camp walks over to my side last minute, just like in Braveheart, you know. Mm. <laughs> and you're sitting there, and you, you, I'm, I'm crying. Really, I realized not really? my success, but my failure of bringing balance. As uh... I went to war, so you're like really proud, and you're sitting there, and you're like, for that moment, uh... you're like, everyone's walking up to you, 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 you divided the kingdom. It was me who brought the kingdom down, wow. not not the darkness that I saw within it. Wow, fuck. Damn, that's a fucking good story, man. You need to make a movie about that. Jeez, that's actually like an archetypal story. Yeah, wow. no, no, seriously. And I had my knights at the round table and I had all these things and even they betrayed each other eventually. And when wow. I when I left and I said two years, I was like, I'm out. It's COVID, I need to recover you know um but i left they fell apart they betrayed each other like lancelot did king arthur with guinevere and you know all these kinds of things the idealistic view of having a round table where you have your knights and even the king only has one vote is flawed in many many ways like any structure a structure will eventually fall whether it's 10 years from now or 10,000 or 10 million years it will never exist forever and i think what i'm learning is like the tectonic plates thing and i always bring it back to what we're talking about <laughs> like our spiritual consciousness about experiences that if we try to over define our expectation of with me my failure my camelot fell and people were upset that the king had left and never saw myself as a king. But they realized they were like, you were the king. I went to war on Facebook when these people were saying bad shit about me about a couple of months ago. And I called out my own sensei who never turned up when I was sick. I called out him, the master, the grandmaster and the daughter. And everyone messaged me, the leaders around the world in the martial arts. I'm talking about masters, not senior black belts, even them masters of the realm in their own countries and they said we have your back you know mm. and i was sitting there going the first time i didn't let that um <clears throat> build my ego what i did was i was like thank you so much you know I'm, I'm i'm so grateful that i have your love and your support what i'm looking for is to find some balance and forgiveness for these people that i've clearly hurt and i'm the one who fragmented our martial universe and he goes no one of the masters said is very senior, even senior to our grandmaster. He said, maybe it's a new beginning because the old needs to die before the new can take fruit, you know? And you know there are weeds there. And maybe you are the one who brought, you had to become the sinner to bring down the sin. You know, you had to be the sponge that absorbed the darkness. And yet now you're left with that. Maybe you can't be the king anymore. Maybe you can't be the example in the future. But maybe you can kind of share what happened so it doesn't happen again.
you know, that we must be more fluidic in our approach to our kingdoms. That it's not just tires and, you know, that, you know, we end up burning or, you know, big walls that we hide behind. That actually our kingdom is this planet and beyond this planet itself, like you were talking about, the, the consciousness. <laughs> and that to extend, not to say, I'm a martial artist, to say, I practice martial arts and I'd love to share that with you and anything you have to share with me, I'd love to experience that sharing, you know? Yeah. You know, to merge and truly experience those, the sharing mindset of, you know, yeah, you know, it's okay to have feelings and upsets and expectations and actually it's okay to endeavor for money and for position. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. It's, everyone keeps saying it's evil, and dark and, blah, and, you know, this. Well, that's the game we're playing in life. And life is supposed to be what? Playful. And if we're playing it right, we gain this thing called money. And it makes us feel good. And we can spend it on stuff and come and see each other and do decent shit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and buy more uh, decent, uh, you know, liberating clothes rather than other decent <laughs> 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 Yeah, man. I, uh, you know, I, I feel like, you know, we've already done like an hour and a half. I can't believe it. Um, But I, I'd actually love in a future podcast to go more into this side of things. Um, like government structures, social structures, um, take some of the things that you've learned with your life experiences with, again, like, you know, what you're talking about is a very archetypal story. It's about, it's the story of humanity and social structures and, and power and change and cultural shifts and everything. And I feel like that's an important story coming from anybody. And I think someone with your experience can add, can at least add something to the conversation. Uh, and I'd yeah. love I'd, I'd love to really explore that in our next podcast is yeah, go really let's, let's, let's explore this and, and dedicate a whole podcast to that. Cause I feel this podcast it was funny. It, it went in a completely different direction. Than I was expecting it was m like obviously much more vulnerable and much more. I think, yeah, I, I wanted to talk about your story. Um, but it just evolved. It just kind of, again, like that first question of before we start the podcast, how are you doing? And then that literally just... <laughs> never ask shit how he's doing. Just everyone take note. Yeah. Do not ask this gentleman how he's doing. Yeah. You'll, you'll never get away. Yeah. And it's just like, it's just, it's just funny. Like, yeah, there's times where I was like, should I steer this back into the topic I was wanting to talk about? Should, should I start the introduction? I was just like, nah, like... This is evolving in a way that I'm not expecting. Jit's not expect. This is just organic. This is just this is what it's supposed to be. Um, but yeah, man. It, yeah, and you can take snippets of this and post stuff and like do your overlay over it and say, "Hey, man, I had this experience. Yeah, this was cool. Uh, you know, I want to share some of this. Um, you know, um, it's it's really about the natural flow of what." who we are i think ultimately i think we came full circle to who we are as friends yeah. in this conversation yeah that we could hurt each other you know yeah. but is that pain a trigger of something within ourselves and how and then true friendships circle back to the beauty of what it is pure and simple yeah and you ask yourself the question at the end do i want to hang out again you know like you do as a kid right yeah Wow. Yeah. As, as life goes on, you get so embedded 
into like we're friends and friends are supposed to do this and do that and like yeah as we get older we get so much obligations there's so much pressure to, to to do obligations but man yeah th- you know j- just th- thanks for being so you know honest um vulnerable um and thanks for listening like in a really big way you know i felt i felt very very heard and seen by you and i think that for me at least this deepens our friendship in a very meaningful way for me um because i think in some sense for me i'm always um i've experienced uh like abandonment challenges like i that sometimes in the back of my mind is fear of abandonment and and you know things are good when they're going well but are your friends going to be there when shit hits the fan you know, when you have a fight, when you disagree, when you hurt each other, you know, can you come back from that? And I think that in some sense, like this, um, for me, was just very meaningful as a way of like deepening my trust with you. Um, mm. Cause yeah, that was very vulnerable for me um, to share that and share some of the, I don't know if I'd say the, the dark parts of myself, but well, because I also feel like I don't like sharing my insecurities because in some sense, <laughs> I, I have a fear that if my friends saw just how fucked up I can be sometimes or not even that, but like if they can see that I deal with that, I struggle with things that I have insecurities that I have challenges, they'll be like, oh, he's too much. You know, this I, I don't have time to to be with someone who's not perfect. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have time for this. And that's. That's a fear sometimes in my head, especially with successful friends. You, mm. my, my friend Ian, I'm like, I'm already like the difference of success levels is already this. And mm. it's like the only thing that's keep like I had this kind of story in my head. That the only thing keeping us together is that I make JIT happy. I make JIT laugh. Um, I listen to JIT. And if I don't mm. do those things, he will wake up one one day and go, oh, well, I'm way more success- successful than Anton. Like, why, what am I getting? What am I valuing out of this relationship? And in some sense, I was so caught up in this like transactional way of viewing relationships. Ooh, and again, it's the okay. self, it's the self-confidence challenges of, I don't, I don't really in the, in, in the biggest way value myself enough to feel like I can just be friends with someone who's extraordinarily successful. It's like, again, successful people hang out with the successful people. I'm not that successful yet. So it's like, I can't be friends with these people until I'm at that level of success. And I think, you know, again, having this conversation with you and getting to know you at a deeper level and us holding each other and holding space for each other, you know, with you and even my friend Ian, who's doing some massive things and talking to billionaires and all this stuff, you know, you two are like the two friendships in my life that kind of make me go, wow, like, you know, money's just money. Success is just success. It's what you... Is how you make each other feel. It's, it's the trust. It's the loyalty. Yes. It's the, you know, it's the fact that it doesn't matter all the other stuff. If Jit needs help, I have his back because I care about him. Not because I want his money in the future. Not because I want him to set me up with any business things in the future. Um, you know, because, you know, like I'll be honest, like just like any other human being, when I first meet really successful people, uh, things go through my head like, oh, wow, if, if we're friends, maybe this will open up doors for me. Maybe he'll be able to help me with this thing. Maybe he'll be help, help me with that thing. And that is part of the initial process of the friendship for me 
up until this point. But then it's it's just beautiful that I've seen with my friendship with you and with my friendship with Ian that as we talk more and more and more, all of those things fall away. And I go, no, I just love Jin. I just love yeah. Ian. There's no like it used to be I like this guy and he can help me. Now it's just I just like this guy. Like and I don't and even like, you know, I remember when we were gonna go to Mexico and you offered to pay for the whole trip. Like, you know, that was difficult for me because I was like at that point like I, I still cared about you a lot and and I viewed our friendship as paramount, but I could feel even at that point in our friendship when you offered that part of me went like, Oh sweet, like oh he's he's Ooh. offering to pay for it, like Ooh, like, you know what I mean? It's just like that, that poverty cop complex or whatever, that, that, you know, scarcity mindset creeps up. And luckily <laughs> with me now, you know, I'm getting to a level of success with my podcast. I'm getting to a level of success with YouTube. I'm getting to a level of success with my investments where I never want to have to take money from anybody ever because I, mm-hmm. you know, I just, I just don't want to because I don't want that person to ever feel like I'm using them in any way. And even, and even beyond that, I want to be sovereign. I want to be autonomous. Mm. Um, I don't want to feel like I owe somebody something because the moment someone gives me something, there's, there can be a feeling like, okay, I have to repay this in some way. Mm. Um, and I yeah. never want to feel that way. And I know luckily as I get more successful, you know, on, I won't need people's money. I can, yeah. and then I can just love them fully for them. I don't have the fear of losing them for any monetary reason. The only fear mm. I have of losing a friend is because I love them and they are out of my life. And I know I'm finally getting to that point where I can honestly say that. And this is the reason I'm sharing it with you now. And I've never shared this with you before because I can't share something I'm still, that's still part of me where that's yeah. no longer part of me. And because it's now a dead snakeskin, I can talk to you about it and I can, sh- I can literally, it's dead snakeskin. It doesn't, it's not alive anymore. It's not it's, part of me and I can yeah, let it go and talk to you, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting. And I, I will let you go in a sec. I know you're um, busy, but um, when I offered that, that was me going, Hey, I want to spend my time with a friend and obviously get to know him better in a space that's not influenced by his environment or mine. Right. At the same time, for me, it was like me buying you a beer instead. It's a flight ticket and hotel. Mm, Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Because that's how I felt about it. Like, you know, after this call, after literally after this call, I'll be putting on my jacket and you might think I'm hanging out with wealthy people all day. I've been there and done that. And I still do that when I have the opportunities. I'm going to hang out down the local pub in the corner with the local grunts. <laughs> You're talking about, you know, electricians and builders and people who are in their scrappies, right? You yeah. know, and I'll be getting into my Adidas top. You know, it's, it's, um, but I don't give them a persona that they don't know. The builders were over today and they're all local grunts from the uh, pub. But they're grateful for the job. But guess what? I could be up here talking to you. I could give them a key to my house because they love me and, you know, I trust them. They trust me. I don't care. They come and go, you know, and they're like working on the house. They're making it. They'll put in the extra time. One of the guys was here a bit later than expected. I literally kicked him out when I went downstairs because (laughs) I was like, yo, I'm online with my friend. Don't want to hear you fighting in the background. (laughs) 
I'll see you down the pub. <laughs> Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, like, you know, in, in, those guys, and I help, I volunteer at the pub. <clears throat> I, I Every two Sundays, I cook breakfast for oh, the wow. local veterans. You know? Yeah. I help, I, I did the harvest celebration for the church down the road where I got them a little lamb from my friend's farm with a little bell on it put the hay down and everyone could put their contribution of food to the homeless right you know I did all that you know um I, I I'll go help at the mosque I'll go help at the synagogue I'll go help at the you know the Indian temple and the, all the Christian churches it's not a religious thing for me it's a community thing that if people can remove these boundaries from each other and realize that we are part of this greater consciousness that we spoke about today elevated existence would even on this plane of existence and i think maybe that's the test maybe the test is that even with these barriers of skin flesh and bone and this temple that we're within almost like a cage maybe it's jail that we can still extend beyond our boundaries and and, and touch each other in ways that is not just physical it's beyond spiritual it's the consciousness itself maybe we can do that maybe we have that power yeah i like to think so amen dude that is where we're gonna finish it up and now uh if you could please share with myself and the audience uh what you're working on right now and where we can find you yeah sure um well the best place to find me you know me i'm not a big social media guy and anton's trying to help (laughs) me with this i'm sure i'll have to (laughs) reach out to you and get me on there (laughs) you can find me on instagram but the easiest place to find me is on facebook under jitan Kundalia. Um, right now, um, we've been accepted for an Innovate UK grant uh, to develop um, my wearable, if you remember, oband.co. If you look at it, a hand hygiene device has been accepted to hopefully improve hand hygiene globally. And it's got the WHO hand washing gestures within there. And the second grant that we got is for Sensora, which is a remote home care solution for the elderly. Please look up at sensorahealth.com. Anyone you care about, anyone that you love, you want to help them to continue to age in the environment of choice, um, even if it's a child, it's a great product to help you do that and still continue on with our busy lives. You know, we get busy, but we still want to continue to look after the people that we love. So they're the, they're the few things that I've uh, been developing and inventing, and now we're progressing to some incredible new heights and things. I'm continuously inventing, as you know, Anton, you know, I'm a medical iron man of sorts you know uh just not as good looking as uh, <laughs> so, um but uh yeah no that's it thank you so much for having me um that was it was a phenomenal experience as always man and yeah. i love you i love you too man thanks for tuning into the show today everybody if you enjoyed it and you want to show your support be sure to click the subscribe button and share this podcast with someone you feel will enjoy it and before we go i want to take another moment to thank our sponsors listening to smile and indigo sun And if you're interested in anything I mentioned regarding either of them, be sure to visit their websites, which are linked in the description of this podcast. And that's it. So I'll see you all in the next episode. I love you. Bye.